You know, there's a war going on. It's a spiritual war. And you know, it's a war between truth and lies. That's exactly what the whole war is about. It's about truth. And if it's believed and accepted and obeyed, it sets you free. But also their lies. And if they believed, it brings you into bondage and destruction. You know, the word of God makes that clear. In, in John chapter 8, verse 31, I, I, I want to listen to what Jesus said about truth. And all these verses will be on the screen so you can follow. Jesus said, now listen to what he said about truth. If you abide in my word, the Bible, you're my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. And then Jesus went on and talked about, in that same eighth chapter, that lies will bring you into bondage. Well, in verse 36, he said, if the Son shall set you free, you will be free indeed. But he also said in verse 34 that uh, sin makes you a slave. See, sin's a lie. The devil, devil makes it look attractive, makes it look good. But, you know, we all know that the, the tragedy is that um, the idea that sin can fulfill the deepest need of our heart and can meet the deepest needs of our life, it's a lie. And Jesus told the, these religious people, he said, most, in verse 34, most assuredly I say to you, Whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. So the battle's on right now between lies and truth. Now, Jesus uh, tells us that if you believe the truth, it will lead you to the narrow way that leads to life eternal. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, uh, it, it talks about the fact, it says, enter at the narrow gate. Truth will lead you to the narrow gate. Truth will lead you to the narrow way. Enter at the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be that go in thereout. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. If you know the truth, believe the truth, and by the way, I'll ask Brother Jim Jordan this. How many hours of the gospel do you think a person hears in the 90 days they're there? They, they hear 300 hours of the gospel in the 90 days they're there. I believe they get the truth. Amen? Some of y'all don't get but an hour. That's not enough. But anyway, let me go on. Jesus said, if you hear the truth, Obey it, you, you're going to walk on a narrow way and it leads to life eternal. But if you believe a lie, you're going to get on that broad road and it's going to lead you to destruction. You know, let me talk to you about what truth is. Jesus himself said that the word of God is truth. That the word of God is truth. In John 17, 17, 
Listen to what it says. Sanctify them by your truth. Okay. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. What part of that don't we understand? A gentleman was asking me before church today. He said, Brother Fred, why is it that a lot of people don't preach the Bible anymore? Their sermons have very little of the word of God in it. Why don't they? Why is there so little, quote, authoritative Bible preaching? He asked me that right before the service. I'm going to tell you why. I said they believed a lie. They don't believe in the authority and the power of the word of God. And let me tell you something. This is the most powerful book in the world. And that's why the devil and everybody else is scared of it. When the gospel is preached, the power of God is released. And there's authority in the word of God. But they've lost their confidence. They think they're smarter than God. So they come up with their own concoction of what they preach instead of preaching the word of God. The Bible says, thy word is truth. Sanctify them through thy word. And it says, in, here's a great verse. The longest psalm in the Bible is Psalm 119. I want you to look at what verse 160 says. Look at it. Well, this is good. The entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. What part of that do you not understand? The entirety of your word is true. But not only is the word of God true, and it leads to freedom. It leads to freedom. But Jesus is truth. He's truth. Man, I love what it says over in the Gospel of John. Chapter 1, verse 14. Now, now listen to this. This is Jesus. And the word became flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what? Jesus is full of truth. He's full of truth. And he's full of grace, thank God. But then you go on in verse 16, it says, talking about Jesus, it says, and of his fullness, Jesus, we have received and grace upon grace. Jesus is the grace of God. And then we go on in verse uh, 17, it says, now the law came through Moses and it has its place. And the moral law has not changed. The moral law of God is still as, in, as authoritative and as important as it ever was. The moral law of God is, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any graven images. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not lie. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not covet. Hey, you know why people hate the Ten Commandments? Because the Ten Commandments reveal to people how sinful they really are. Is anybody in here who's never broken one of the Ten Commandments? Oh, you're all sinners. What about that? You see, the, the law shows us our sin. It is a schoolmaster that drives us to Christ. And so the moral law of God, but that's not what saves us. You're not saved by the moral law of God. The law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. So grace and truth is found in Jesus. Well, just as Jesus is the truth, 
He is truth. The devil is a liar. And he's the father of lies. John 8, verse 44. I want you to listen to, to what it says. Now, you know, uh, I hate to tell you all this. I don't want to upset you. That, but Jesus was uh, not politically correct. Did you know that? And if you think he was, you listen to what he said to the religious leaders. And this is John chapter 8, verse 44. Listen to what he said. You are of your father, the devil. Woo. He lost 300 members right then. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. He, Cain killed Abel. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Did you listen to that? I don't care what the world says, the flesh says, there's no truth in the devil, and there never will be. And if you ever listen to him, you're believing a lie. There's no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks from his own resources. He is a liar and the father of lies. Oh, so here's Jesus, truth. Here's the devil, a liar. In your life and in my life, there is a constant battle between truth and lies. To believe and obey the truth brings freedom. To believe the lies of the devil brings bondage. You know, I was thinking about this. And it's, I don't know why God wants me to tell this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I, I, know, I know he wants me to. You know, I, growing up, you know, you want to be cool. You know, you want to be cool. And so I went to Central Grammar School, and, and everybody, they, they all, you get started saying, we want, we want to smoke. We want to smoke. Well, I wasn't about to smoke because I didn't have the money to buy cigarettes. But, I mean, this it was just the deal. But then you, they said, but, boy, there's something. Let me tell you what you need to do. You need to get you some rabbit tobacco. Do you know what that is? I think they've exterminated it all. I hope to God they have. I think it was synthetic marijuana growing on a tree. So I said, well, I believed a lie. You want to be cool? So I got me some rabbit tobacco. And my God, I've never been that sick in my life. I thought I was going to die. I should have died, but I thought I was. You know what I did? I wanted to be cool, and I believed a lie. And boy, was it a lie. It didn't make you cool. It made you sick. And, and I can multiply that a thousand ways. How this world system says, this is what he ought to do. This is where freedom is. This is where joy is. This is where real happiness is. This is when you're really cool. You go over there and you find out, well, it's a lie. But I'll tell you one thing. Jesus will never tell you a lie. The word of God will never point you in a way that would cause you harm. It will always point you in a way that will bring to you freedom in your life. What I want to do this morning is I want, to, I want to expose three of Satan's favorite lies. You know, he has three lies that he loves to tell. Oh, and now I want to show you how the truth just absolutely exposes those lies and shoots them down. You know the first lie the devil tells? And he started it in the, as soon as Adam and Eve had been created by God. The first lie the devil tells is he attacks the goodness of God. And basically he says, let me tell you something. God 
is not good. In fact, to put it in terms, he says God is a cosmic killjoy. You know why I know that? Well, the first lie in Genesis chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, I want you to look what the first lie was. He told Eve that God wasn't good. He didn't want what was best for her. Look what it says. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now look what he said in verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. And then going to the next verse, it says, For God knows in the day you eat it, your eyes will be opened, you will know, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now listen to what he t- said. You won't die. But he said, secondly, God knows that if you do eat of that tree, your eyes are going to be open. God's keeping something from you. God's not let, telling you the whole truth. God's keeping something, something from you. He said, your eyes will be opened and you will know, uh, you will be like God. Hey, wait a minute. They were already like God. They were already made in the image of God. He was offering some, them something they already had. But you know, Eve believed the lie. But you know what he said was, Eve, God doesn't want what's best for you. The reason he doesn't want you to eat of that tree, it's going to be such a great blessing to you. And you'll be just like him. And you'll have, and, and it was just a lie. He said, you can't trust God. He said, Eve, you, God is not good. I believe there are many people in the world today who have rejected Jesus Christ because they don't know the real Jesus. They don't know the real Jesus. So many lies have been told about who Jesus is and what Jesus will do in your life and how Jesus, all, of, all Jesus wants to do is to give you himself. You see, so many people have believed a lie about Jesus. They just believe a lie. Well, he doesn't want what good's for you. Now, if you, you give your life to Jesus, you'll be miserable. And, and you know what I mean? You'll go around sucking lemons all the time. I'm telling you, if you give your life to Jesus, he'll, he'll get you to marry somebody that's ugly. If you give your life to Jesus, you won't ever get a good job. If you give your life to Jesus, you won't ever have any fun. I got news for you. That's not the Jesus I know. The Jesus I know loves you more than anybody has ever loved you. The Jesus I know was the one who said, I'll take your place on the cross and die for you so your sins can be forgiven and so you can have abundant life here and now. He said, I won't put chains around you. I'll break the chains that are around you and set you free by my miraculous holy power. We need to tell people about the real Jesus. He's holy, he's righteous, he's good, he's loving, he's caring, and he, is, he, he loves you and he's after you. He's passionate for you. He came to seek and to save those that are lost. Jesus did not come to entertain the religious crowd. Jesus came to save sinners. Well, that means we're all qualified. Because I asked you if you'd ever broke the Ten Commandments. And if you said no, you just did. You told a lie. I mean, I'm just telling you. See, we've got to understand this. The first lie the devil says is God is not good. You cannot trust him. 
He will mess your life up. That is a lie. And the Bible says that God is love. The Bible teaches that. And that the goodness of God is an expression of his love. The goodness of God is an expression of who God is. It is of his love. I want you to look at 1 John 4, 8 through 10. It says, he who does not love does not know God. And look at the next four words. For God is love. Say that with me. For God is love. I understand that. God doesn't have love. God is love. And it goes on and says in the next verse, it says, in this the love of God was manifested. You say, well, you don't understand, Brother Fred. I I was raised in a difficult home. I was raised with difficult parents. I never really felt loved. I never really felt accepted. You know, if I could tell you my tragic past that happened to me when I was 12 or 14 or 16, and if I could show you all the scars, and we all have scars. It doesn't matter if you were raised in a $500,000 home or in a double-wide trailer. That doesn't matter. That's not what makes it a home. It's what goes on inside of that home. And the thing about it is all of us have scars. All of us have wounds that, that, uh, that are part of going up and have life. You say, well, is that a God that loves me? Okay, so we, we all have, we all have, we've all written pages we wish we had not have written. I wish I'd never wrote that page. We've all been down roads that we wish we'd never been down. But do you know, does that mean that God does not love us? No, listen. You know how much he loves you? Because he knew you were going to write that page. And he knew you were going to go down wrong roads. And that includes me and everyone in this room. So look at what it says. How do I know God loves me? There it is. In this, the love of God is manifested. How do I know God loves me? How do we, in this was the love, the love of God was manifested toward us. That God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. Now, buddy, that's real love. God sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. Can I make it personal? Isaiah 53 says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. And then it said this, all we like sheep had gone astray. All we like sheep had gone astray. And the Lord laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. It's a lie that that God is not good. That's the biggest lie the devil perpetuates all the time. The goodness of God is a part of the love of God. And because and, and God is love, his love is manifested in his goodness. You remember that Moses asked God to show him his glory. He asked God to show him his glory. And you know what God told him? In Exodus 33, verse 18 and 19, I want you to look at these verses. And he said, Lord, 
Please show me your glory. Well, what did God say to him? He said, now listen to this. I will make all my goodness pass before you. He said, oh, I'm going to show you my glory. I'm going to let all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. Don't believe the lie. God is good and God will always wants what's best for you. And all he wants you to do is to embrace him and embrace truth and allow that truth to set you free. In fact, Jesus narrowed it down. He said, I'm going to tell you about, about this battle between lies and truth. I'm going, to tell you, I'm going to tell you the truth. He said, the thief, John 10, 10. The thief came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Anybody know who the thief is? Who? Oh, yeah, he's the thief. He's the thief. He came to steal the very life of God that God gave you that was so precious. He came to steal it. He'd love to kill you. And he'll try to. And he can't, he'll love to destroy you. you. You know why the devil hates God's creation? Why he hates people? Why he hates sinners? Why he came to steal, kill, and destroy sinners? I mean, people, you know why he came to do that? Why he came to destroy people? Because he hates Jesus. Oh, he hates Jesus. Jesus is the one that did him in on the cross. Jesus was the one that sealed his doom, an eternal pit called hell. And he hates God's creation. He hates it. And so he comes and attacks those created in the image of God. And he says, I know how much God loves that person. They may be wicked. They may be ungodly. They may be gone astray. But God still loves them. And he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. This is one of God's. I'm going to strike a blow at the heart of God. I'm going to steal. I'm going to kill. And I'm going to destroy. And you just remember, it's not only that he hates you, but he hates Jesus. That's why he does it. But Jesus said, if you believe a lie, he's going to steal, kill, and destroy. And then Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have life and have it more what? Hallelujah. Abundant life. Abundant life. Woo. It's a life full of, i tell you what abundant life is. No guilt. No shame. Sins forgiven. The presence of Christ in your life, peace, joy, knowing you have a hope and a future, abundant life. That's what everybody wants. By the way, you can't buy it. You can have plenty of money and you can't buy it. And you can't find it in a pill or drink. That's not where you find life. It's in Jesus. Well, so the first lie is, God is not good and he can't be trusted. That's a lie. God is love and he's good and he'll never do anything but what's best for you. But let's go to the second one. He lies about the goodness of God, but he lies about the grace of God. 
And let me put it in ways that maybe you'll understand a little better, and I'll explain. When he not only lies about the goodness of God, that's the devil, he's a liar, and some of you believed his lie, and you won't turn your life over to Jesus because you think Jesus is a cosmic killjoy, and he's going to mess your life up. You need to get over that. That's a lie, and you're never going to have life until you have Jesus. Do you understand? (laughs) But the second thing he says The grace of God is a lie. In other words, he says he lies about the way of salvation. Boy, does he lie about the way to be saved. Oh, my heavens. Does he lie? Let let me tell you how he lies about a salvation. Here's his two lies. You are good. You're good. You're a good person. You know, you, 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 you don't steal and. You're nice to your wife and family. You're a good person. You're good enough. Hey, you're good enough. You don't need to be saved. Man, you're pretty good. You're good enough. So you just trust in your goodness. Just trust in your goodness. He lies to people. I mean, I've talked to to people, are, are, are you, do you know Jesus? No. I said, what about, what are you going to do about it? I don't need to. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. I wonder who told him that. It was the devil. And he says, you just trust in your goodness. But then, you know, the other part of the lie he does, says about salvation, well, you're good enough, so you don't need to be saved. Oh, the other one is, you're too bad. <laughs> you're too bad. You're so bad, you're not worthy to be saved. None of us are. You're so bad, you're not worthy to be saved. And you're so bad, Jesus couldn't save you. I mean, you're just too hard for him. So he lies, you're good enough, you don't need to be saved. Oh, no, no, you don't understand. You're so bad, you can't be saved. You say, does the devil really tell that to people? All the time. All the time. You, you talk to people about salvation that have no religious background or church background. Oh, well, I, I'm good enough or I'm too bad. Well, see, that, that's just a lie. Absolutely a lie. The Bible makes it clear that no one is ever saved by good works. No one. What a lie. I mean, so much of the world's religion is this. If you do enough good, you obey the rules of the church. And if you just do, uh, if you just are religious, you, you know, if you, if you just are religious, you'll be okay. Now, now let me say something. It's called works. It's called good works. And I'm telling you, there's so many people that are trusting in their good works. Well, I go to a church three times a week. I, I give some money. I help people. I, I do so-and-so and so-and-so. And I'm not against that if it's a Bible-believing church. But let me tell you one thing. You could never do enough good works to ever get into the presence of God. Adrian Rogers said, I would not trust the best five minutes of my life to get me in the presence of God, much less the worst five minutes. Would you trust the best five minutes in your life to get you in the presence of God? If you say, yeah, I said, well, buddy, you, you, you're, you believed a lie. You think you can work your way in a, a salvation. You can get salvation by good works. That's a lie. You can't. And now I want to read you some scripture. Listen to this. 
See, if you'll just go to the Bible, it'll tell you the truth about salvation. It will tell you the truth. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 8. Now, I want you to think, look at it. You read it with me, on, you can read it in your heart on the screen, but listen to what it says. But when, the goodness, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward men, appeared. Stay there a minute. When the kindness and love of God toward men, us, men and women, appeared. How did it appear? This is what it says in verse 5. Not by works of righteousness which you have done. What part of that do I not understand? Not by works of righteousness which you have done, but according to his mercy. Oh, it's not good works, it's mercy. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration. In other words, he changes us, regenerate, life again. He regenerates by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. And now look at the sixth verse. He talks about which he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Let me say it. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but through the regeneration of the Holy Spirit, which he poured, he poured out on us abundantly through the church, the sacraments, baptism. No, 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 no. He poured out this abundantly upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Hey, salvation is not in good works. Salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. You could go on and read in the 8th verse of Titus 3. This is just one thing. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, which he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. All right, I want to tell you the truth about salvation. We'll just take two verses. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. All right, listen. Brother Fred, how are you saved? How's a person saved? By grace, you have been, say the word, saved through faith. That not of yourselves. You have nothing you can, nothing you can do. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of, it's not the gift of the church. It's not the gift of religion. It's not the, hey, it's a gift of God. God's given us a gift. So, by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Read on in verse 9. Not of works. Oh, what about all these people that say, well, now, if you keep the rules, if you keep the rules, if you're faithful to the church, if you're in, if you're in the good graces of the church, and all this kind of stuff, they give you all this stuff, all this stuff, you, all the hoops you've got to jump through. If you jump through all the hoops, and you jump through the right hoops, and you keep jumping to them till you can't jump no more, it said, it's not by works, lest you should what? Brag about it. Oh, it's all by faith, so nobody's going to brag about it. Only thing we're going to do is brag on Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then it goes on and says, God saves us. We are his workmanship. Wait a minute now. 
created in Jesus Christ. God creates a new creation in Jesus. When you have the grace of God and faith, you receive the gift of God, which is in Jesus Christ. God, the work, you become the workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ unto good works, which God before ordained that we should walk in them. I'm just going to take a minute on each one of these words. It says grace. I read this definition of grace this week. Grace is um, the grace of God. Grace is God meeting us at our point of need in the person of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. Grace is God meeting us at our point of need in Jesus Christ. So Jesus is the grace of God. He is the grace of God. And it says, for by grace. All right, another definition that we all like. Grace is God doing for us what we do not deserve. And we could never do for ourselves. So in Jesus Christ, God does for us what we don't deserve. It's called grace. And in Jesus Christ, does for us what we could never do for ourselves. So it's all the grace of God. has nothing to do with works. Well, how do you receive the grace of God? For by grace are you saved through faith. It's believing and receiving and acting upon the grace of God in Jesus Christ. See, when you come to Jesus, you come to the grace of God. All right, I'm going to say this. The grace of God is best manifested, uniquely demonstrated, never understood apart from the cross of Jesus Christ. Until you understand that if you were the only person in the world, Jesus Christ would still have died for you. You don't understand the grace of God. Oh, Jesus dies for good people. Jesus dies for people that were born in a nice home. Jesus dies for people who clean their act up and finally come to him. Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus died for the deepest sinner and the worst sinner. And you know, what you've got to do is understand we're all sinners. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. And, and so, for by grace are you saved through faith. Faith in the finished work of Jesus. His perfect sacrifice for your sin. His resurrection from the dead. Faith in the fact that salvation is in Jesus and Jesus alone. It's not Jesus plus anything. It's not Jesus plus nothing. It is Jesus. For by grace are you saved through You believe and you trust everything in the Son of God. All right? And how do you do that? It tells us in Acts 20, 20, and 21. Paul said, I kept back nothing from you. I preached to you repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. You know what repentance is? I am a sinner. I deserve judgment. I deserve hell. But I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. He made the perfect sacrifice for my sin. And under the conviction of God that I am a sinner and I am lost, under God's conviction, I repent. I'm turning away from my sin. I'm turning away from it. I'm turning. I'm going in another direction. God's changing my direction. Let me tell you something. You can confess your sin till you're blue in the face, but until you turn from them, you have not repented.
Repentance means a change of direction. Repentance means you go in another way. That's all I can say to you. When Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus, instead of persecuting Christians, what did he do? He became a Christian and started saving Christians' lives. I think he repented, don't you? It means, repentance means that you used to drink alcohol all the time, but you realized it was a sin against God, and you repented, and you not only quit, you not only asked God to forgive you for being a drunk, you poured the alcohol out. You say, well, I just want to keep some in my house in case I need it. That's a lie. It's like keeping a snake in the cabinet. I wouldn't want to sleep with a rattlesnake. Lord, I don't even like snakes. But anyway... Repentance. Now, folks, don't. A lot of people go around saying, well, I've confessed my sins. Good. That's good. Acknowledge to God you're a sinner. But then tell God you, you need his power. You need his power to turn away from that sin. And only God can give you the power to turn away from that sin. Only God can. Only Jesus can. Listen to me. You cannot change yourself. You can turn over a new leaf till you wear out the pages. But only Jesus can change you. And the world needs to understand that. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. For by grace are you saved through faith in Christ, his finished work, repentance and faith. That not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. And God makes you a new creature. All right, this is the last one. Three lies. God isn't good. He's a cosmic killjoy. He's out to make you miserable. He's out to hurt you. If you trust your life with Jesus, you're in big trouble. That's a lie. That's where you find life in Jesus. Second lie. You're, too, you're good enough, you don't need to be saved. You're too bad, you can't be saved. That's a lie. You can be. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. You can, you can be saved. Grace through faith, repentance. But here's the last one. He lies about the greatness of God's power. He lies about the goodness of God. He lies about the grace of God, the way of salvation. And the devil lies about the, uh, the, it, it, uh, he lies about the grace of God. And then he lies about the third thing, he, the greatness of God. You know what he loves to say? I've heard so many people say this. Well, it works for you. But it won't work for me. I'll never change. I'll never change. I'll always be what I am. Oh, I'm glad other people can get saved. I'm glad other people can get forgiven. I'm glad other people can live the Christian life. But it won't work for me. It just won't work for me. Well, that's a lie. Why won't it? Jesus died for you. And, and what the devil says, you won't last. You won't last. You know, you started good, but you won't last. He lies about it because he knows if Christ is in control of your life, you will last, and there's nothing he can do about it. I never will forget the young man that came to see me, and, and he, was, he, he was a godly young man. But he had an area of his life that he was battling. He was battling it, and he was very honest and open to me. He said, Brother Fred, I don't think I need to be in, the, in, in, in any place of leadership or ministry because of I got this problem, this sin in my life, and, and I have victory most of the time, but sometimes I slip up. And, and I said, well, let me ask you a little bit. And I said, now, uh, uh, so what you're telling me, 
that you, 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 you can't go on with God because of the fear of future failure. You're afraid that you, you're going to fail down the road. I said, are you going to let the fear of future failure keep you from loving Jesus and going on with Jesus now? I said, I want to ask you a question. How long has it been since that temptation, you gave into it, and you just, you just messed up? He said, it's been about eight months. I said, well, if you quit, i got to quit. <laughs> See, the fear of future failure, some of you, you, already the devil's told you it's good now, but it won't last. That's a lie. God, doesn't start, God finishes what he starts. Are you understanding me? And don't you let the fear of future fail. That's a lie from the devil. By the way, let me give you a verse. In Philippians chapter uh, 1, verse 6, listen to what it says. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue it till the day of Jesus Christ. Now, did you hear that? Philippians 1, 6. For your fellowship in the gospel from that day till now, being confident of this very thing, listen, that he who saved you, he who began a good work in you, will continue it till the day of Jesus Christ. I want to say this. Since I've been saved and understood salvation, it's not me down here holding on to God and I'm holding on for life. i got good news for you. It's God holding on to me. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you something. What God start, God's finish. And I want to tell you right now, God's power is greater than the power of the world. God's power is greater than the power of the flesh. God's power is greater than the power of, devil, of the devil. And I want you to understand this. The presence of Jesus Christ in your life will enable you to be an overcomer and will enable you to live a holy life and able for you to live a victorious life. It is the presence of Jesus in your life and if you will stay under the authority of Jesus. Now, if you get out and say, I want to run my own life, Jesus said, you messed it up once, you fixed to mess it up again, you better get it back under my authority and I'll take care of you. I'm going to take care of you anyway because I'll correct you. But listen. You've got to understand that salvation isn't just, I got saved. Now I've got to do the best I can. No, no, please listen to me. Salvation is Jesus comes to live in you. And all he is, he is in you. And the Christian life is not you living the Christian life. The Christian life is Jesus living his life in you. I'll give you some verses. By the way, you know you're secure in Jesus. I give them eternal life. John 10, 27, I give them eternal life. They shall never perish. Nobody can pluck them out of my hand. My Father who gave them is greater than all, and nobody can pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. If you're saved, you're in the hand of Jesus. Hebrews 13, 5, he says, Beware of covetousness. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Man, that's good news. I'm not in this alone. Christ is in me. The good work he started, he's going to finish. And he'll never leave me nor forsake me. In Colossians 3, 3 and 4, it says, For you are dead. Now get this. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. You know a pretty safe place? You know a pretty safe place? Well, you died and you died to your old life, and you died to your sin nature, and you died to what you were in Adam. You died, and your life is hidden 
with Christ in God. Man, that sounds secure to me. And it says, and when Christ who is our life appears. Next verse. When Christ who is our life appears. Christ is our life. Please understand, don't believe the lie that the devil and the world and the flesh has more power than God. The presence of Jesus in your life is the way that you're going to make it. It's not going to be you struggling and striving. It's going to be you being surrendered to Jesus every day of your life. Well, I'm strong enough now, Brother Fred. I'm going to do it on my own. You just got knocked down. You'll never be strong enough. I can do all things through Christ who is my what? All right, let me say it again. I can do all things through Christ who is my my strength. I thought I can do all things by struggling, striving, doing my best. Uh Uh-uh, uh-uh. You see, the devil lies about the greatness of God's power. Oh, listen, I'm telling you, I love Galatians 2.20. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. I love 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. It says, Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Because when you're weak, that's when you're strong. Have you been believing the devil's lies that God isn't good? It'll lead you to the broad road. Have you been believing the devil's lie that you can be good enough to work your way to heaven or you're too bad that Jesus could never save you? But I want to ask you this question. Have you been believing the devil's lie that you won't make it, you won't last, you're who you are and you'll always be that way? That's a lie. We are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ and you are a new creation Old things are passed away. Hallelujah. And all things are become new. 